everyone welcome to spiritual table talk today we're doing brujeria part two barriers to brujeria so we're talking about like what are some of the barriers that come up when you do brujeria it's me papa hector here with ty mambo g maybe mambo lily um <laughs> carrie and as always, you can go ahead and subscribe Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor.fm, or your favorite podcast app. So when this topic got brought up, I thought to myself immediately, like, sometimes people come in and they want you to do a work on someone, but that someone who they want the work done on already has like a strong loi or a protection that's been put on them. Some people have like protections that have been put on them by like their elders, especially when they were young children. Some other people are born with a very strong loi just right off the beginning, right out of birth, they're born with a strong loi. And then there's other people that serve their loi, which is something that if you're in the community, you might run across into more often where someone serves their law, in which case their law can become being strengthened up. And so then when someone wants some work done on them, the work generally isn't going to work or may cause like an effect that you didn't expect. Any commentary on that? What <laughs> I, I understand that. And for me, if somebody does a love spell on me, I will hate you. That's just the what Papa's speaking about of the work going not the way you thought where I have known people that have done love spells on me and the way I know is because I immediately start to hate them and it's like no in between it's everything they do irritates me and then I'll sit back like what happened oh okay you tried some little maji in there (laughs) yeah so There's a lot of times like when people, sometimes when people come in to go see someone to get some work done, one of the things that people often say like here in the US is like, well, why do I need like to check out the situation with a consultation with the spirits? Or why do I gotta look into it? Because it's kind of something that's here, the magical community generally doesn't take that always into account like maybe that person has a protection or has a spirit that's with them that's going to protect them against what you're doing and that's one of the reasons why sometimes you get some people will tell them like yeah i understand you want to be with that person or you were with that person before and you want to do a work on them but we got to kind of like check it out a bit more deeply because otherwise a lot of times you end up getting exactly like what ty said the opposite effect of what was intended. Like you could do a love spell and end up making the person not like you at all or an attraction work and make them totally repelled by you. And that's because you didn't check. I mean, like any situation, even a case, when a lawyer takes a case, you want to look around, see what's going on, where we stand, what your client tells you. It's the same thing when doing bleeding Like you can't just, well, to me, like Papa said, a lot of people just do go and just do the work. But you want to look around, see what angle, if any, that you can. Because I have heard of that. Like people, I know someone who wanted to be with someone really, really bad. And when she went to the practitioners, they told her, like him, you want to leave him alone. <laughs> because of all that Papa said. His mom had him hooked up. It was nothing, like, no love spell. Nothing could work on him like that, I guess, his spirits didn't allow. To the point the practitioners did tell her because he did his due diligence in looking into that person. Like, you want to leave him alone? You know, where she didn't didn't like that answer. But I felt like he's a good practitioner. He told you the truth. He didn't just steal your money. There's nothing you can do about him. There's nothing you can do with him. Leave him alone. It's not what you really want to hear, but versus he hates her now. (laughs) Yeah, and then, like, then you think, like, the practitioner, like, the magic isn't working, but sometimes it's working, but you're getting the opposite effect 
because you never checked out to see like whether or not that person had some type of protection. It's the same thing like another thing when happens when you get brujeria done. There was this one lady that came in here and for years she wanted this guy back. And so wherever it was that she was going, they were doing love spells to the guy to bring him back. But when she came in here, I was like, actually, you don't need a love saw at all. What we got to do is that the person, the guy, who he, was, who he had left her for, had did work on him. So what you need to do is break the work yes, that, that she did on him. And then you shouldn't need a love spell. So we did the work. It was supposed to take nine days to break the work. We did the work to start breaking the work. Mind you, she hadn't talked to the guy in a few years by this point. Trying to get him back with love spells and nothing was working. We broke the work and on day like three or four, he contacted the person right away. So it was just simply that. Once we broke the work, no love spell was needed at all. The moment that the work got broke, he contacted her. By the time we finished out in the nine days, they had already met up and they ended up getting back together within like a few weeks. But it was like breaking the work was the thing. And since they hadn't really taken a deep check into it, what they did was automatically assume like he's gone. He left you. He left you for this other lady. So we had to do something to separate him and the other lady. And we got to do a love spells to get him back. The love spells, it was never going to work. The separation work was never going to work because the lady had also done work to make sure that, like, her... trying to do... Yeah, that her relationship with him was protected. Yeah. And so, I told her, a lot of times when people are like that, like, they have these periods or moments of, like, craziness or feeling crazy or or super clear all of a sudden and then crazy again. I was like, so don't be surprise like when you get with dude back he's kind of like a little bit mentally unstable yeah because the woman that he had left her for had been doing work for on him for years and years just keeping things stabilized and together between the two of them so don't be surprised if he is like he's not all stable in his personality and that's probably going to take him a while in order for that to wear off because he wasn't the type of person that was going to come in and get it removed and all of that. So she was a believer. He wasn't a believer. So even though it was going to take some time for that to go through his process and like basically get processed through his system to get kicked out. So then that way he could kind of come back to being normal. But wouldn't that go also with... um... the intentions and the feelings because you can draw somebody to you that through a love spell but if they really like the work wasn't done and he was already contacting her because his feelings were true for her and it got interrupted people don't understand that either like some things I think with intention and how the person really feels only because I see in the new age like a lot of people say oh I like him he's gonna be mine how do I get rid of his chick how do I do? And Haitians usually say, you know, so that doesn't mean you can just walk up on somebody and be like, oh, she looks small and whatever, and I'm just going to attack her. And that's a misconception. And with the brujeria, and they think we just have magic wands and make it work, that people can just do anything. That That is the misconception, I think. That has to do with a lot of spells. Yeah, I agree with that. And I agree with, like, You don't really know who's doing what at any given time. A lot of people don't understand, like, it's not always just work that gets done. Yeah, it can be other things that get done or that is, like, in place. For example, like, we have a saying, like, a lot of times if you have, like, they say, hey, I want to break up this couple, but the couple is married right the marriage itself is a type of like ritual and work whether people realize it or not so yeah breaking a marriage between two people is let's say a lot more difficult 
than breaking a couple that's together but isn't actually married. When people are married, they kind of did a spell on themselves through the whole ritual and taking all these oaths. They made their own spiritual spell in a way. Mm -hmm. So when someone else comes along and it's like, hey, just like he doesn't want to be there or she doesn't want to be there. Why don't you want to do a work? Why don't we just do a work to break the marriage or get them to divorce? Divorce is not as easy as, let's say, two people that have been together. But there's also a big difference between, let's say, two people are together for 20 years. They're not married. And someone who was together for like a year and did get married. Right? Because that 20 years, that amount of time, it creates a certain rhythm energetically. And that's a snowballed energy that has snowballed over time that it's also not easy to break. Because the time, how long the cords between two people have been formed, it's kind of like when you cut a tree. When you cut a tree and like the older it is, the bigger it is, the more rings it has within it, the more dense the um, tree stump is. So it's kind of similar in that sense where like if a couple has been together for a very, very, very long time, it's going to make it harder for the works to get broken. I'll give you an example. There's many reasons, but I'll give you an example. So, like, I get this happens. The the man and the woman, the woman, let's say, she comes in and she wants to break up the man and his wife. But she's already with the man. The man maybe does doesn't want to be with the wife anymore. But is it finding the way out of the situation, out of the relationship. Or the woman doesn't want to be with her husband no more. She also doesn't find a way out of her relationship. So they're trying to wait using normal means for like them to end up splitting, but they're not going anywhere. And so then someone comes in and like they want to do some type of work to get two people split up. That then... Yeah, exactly. And... But the thing about it is, like, the energy that's already been snowballed and collected over time, a lot of time creates a lot stronger pattern than what a magical work is going to kind of come and create a pattern break. You were going to say? I was. I was going to say, it's interesting to me, as somebody sort of coming into this from the outside, how you talk about it, right? Because when we, when we talk about magic, we usually talk about something that really isn't about relationships and isn't um, doesn't really have a context per se, right? So you watch uh, like a movie and you have some wizard in the movie who says a couple of words and boom, lightning bolt. And what we're talking about here is very much more subtle and very much more relational. And intricate. And you, you, you really need... I'm just thinking you need somebody who's capable of interpreting, uh, of looking at a situation saying, oh, okay, they've invested a lot of energy in this. This is where their focus is in this relationship. This is, you know, what they've invested in terms of, of protections in other ways. This is the relationship they have to their spirits because all that stuff does affect. And so it, it's been interesting to me to listen because I've been listening to a much more relational model, like a much more complicated relational model of thinking about magical force than, um, than I really have heard a lot of other places when people talk about it. Yeah, that's definitely. That's definition, I think, right. because people think we have magic wand and boom, Harry Potter, it's going to happen, you know, because I want it to happen. And I see that a lot. People say, I'm going to get whatever I want, you know, make her go away, like, and it's not that simple. I saw this lady, she said, Yeah, we do witness that are like everything. And I think that's growth. That's growth and what you speak of knowledge, where people don't have the knowledge and they're just like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this. And with the relationships, I saw this lady, she said, same thing you said, she's been working on this guy, he used to be with her, he's now with the other her, and she's been working on him for forever. 
And she was like, I just need a spell to make her go away. And he won't leave her. And she's not even getting the little bit of interaction like with the nine day work. So I was reading, I'm like, well, you should leave it alone, you know? And someone told her that and she got so mad and they were like, oh, you're judging me. But they were like, what you're doing is not simple. Obviously, no. if you've been working on it for a long time and it's you're not having any movement, there's blockages. And she wasn't, she didn't care about the blockages. It was just, disregard the blockages, how can I go higher than the blockages? But if we don't regard the blockages, you can't, you know? Yeah. Well, a lot of, like, relationships and things are a lot more complicated than most people take into account. And what most people don't take into account when I see a lot of people that come in here for like relationship work a lot of people that come in here they don't take into account that many relationships have a big ego element so most relationships have a huge ego element so for example someone will come in here and they'll be like you know me and this person, like, we have such real love with each other, et cetera, et cetera. However, like, if he leaves his whoever partner it is, then, like, he's not going to get to see his kids or he's not going to, you know, he's worried because, let's say, they own a business together or they own a house together or this or this or that. And so why can't that outdo whatever the person is getting? And it's kind of like you got to take into account who are you talking about? Are you talking about somebody who they care more about how they feel or what they're getting? I'll give you an example. I had this girl, this lady, she loved this guy. This guy, however, married this other lady. The other lady he married is a rich lady. He is what we call in Spanish a vividor. A vividor means he look he basically looks for sugar mamas. The the lady who's the client, she's not a sugar mama. She can't be a sugar mama. She can't afford to. She's looking for him to kind of like come into a relationship in which he pulls his own weight. He has never had a real relationship with a person other than her that wasn't someone taking care of him or being a sugar mama to him. So he's not going to leave his situation with his sugar mama, even though he might really feel real love for you. He's not going to leave that because what you're asking him to give up in his world doesn't equal up to what you're supposedly bringing to the table. Exactly. His priority is money and having to not work that hard. So, and you're asking him to give up all of that in exchange. What he gets with you is love and having to go get a job. So it's not an attractive business deal for him. And so like, since the ego is a big business man, he's not interested And he will tell her, like, yeah, I really do love you. I really can't stand this bitch. However, he's not. Yeah. However, I do love Benjamin Franklin. And so she has those which you do not. So it's never going to happen. So that happens a lot. And that's something that people don't take into account. They often think like, oh, well, you know, love. They have the fairy tale idea that kind of like whatever human love conquers all. And they're going to be able to like get this person out of that uh, bind. So and it does happen them? sometimes. What if they're not trying to get him out of the bind then? What if they can understand, hey, he's with her for money and he's with me for other stuff and just... Be okay with it? Yeah. Then she doesn't need a love spell, does she? Because no. that's already where she's at. Okay. So if that's where she's at already, then there don't need to be no work. She just needs to accept how that is and flow with that. I think it's judgment. Mm-hmm. People will judge. Like, of so course people are going to judge. You have to be comfortable in self. Yes, you have to be comfortable with all that that entails. Do you think that there's a, a capacity? 
capacity to observe that is uncommon that helps with this, like the, the ability to observe that, you know, he's not gonna leave that situation because he doesn't wanna, he doesn't wanna have to live a different life. Do you, do you find that's common or do you find that a lot of people that approach you really, like the finer details are lost on them, they just are focused on, I want this thing or I want this person or I want this situation. I think the finer details are lost on most people. I think most people also, they can only see out of their own lens. So if they are the type of person that would give up some whatever they needed to in order to get love, they're going to expect that other person to be the same way. So they can't get out of their own head. I also think that a lot of times people will see the other person in an ideal state, even if they've never seen that person. Yeah, actually live the way that they idealize that person to be. So, like, even though she's never held any... She can't think of any experience where she can say, oh, he's taking care of himself. <laughs> he's, he's held down his own. He's, like, you know, shown me that he cares more about, like, love than money. Even though she, she's never seen that, she's like, I know he has that in him. So is that delusion? A little bit. It, it kind of is. He may have it in him, but it hasn't been coming out. And you haven't physically seen any... You have no evidence for it. You have no proof. So... Go ahead. So I would, I would think that the ability to observe would make you better at magic. Like, the ability to observe that. And I would think that there's some... And let me know if I'm wrong, but there's some portion of it that is a part of the person and some that is kind of a divine capacity of some description. Um, that lets that happen, right? And this impacts the ability to, to do spells successfully or the ability to get results that you want. Is that fair? I agree 100%. It, like my grandmother used to say, like the most important power is the ability to be able to see. So like, <clears throat> if you can see, which means to be able to see clearly then you're going to have power in the sense of you know what's actually a real option versus what's actually not a real option, what can actually be a possibility versus what's not a possibility. Also, you could see, okay, these are what we have on the table and these are the workarounds that we could do. Like maybe we could work this this direction or we could work things that direction to work things around the obstacles that there are. For example, as someone, the issue is he can't see himself having a long-distance relationship with her. That's the only real issue. However, he, his hometown is where she currently lives. Being able to see clearly, I could see that if we can get him and her to have a chance to actually develop strong enough bond from far away without him automatically assuming like it's she we're forming this bond because we're going to be together. Him making that bond with her in the idea that it's kind of like a strong friendship. Then eventually we can get him to become depressed at the lack of options in his current environment. At which point, we can open up his mind to moving back home. Now we can use the pressures of the energy of that being his hometown to bring him back. If I went just directly for a spell to get them to, to be together, it wouldn't work. Automatically, they may get together, but within a few weeks, they'll be broken up again because they're still going to be long distance. Can I ask you a discernment question? Mm-hmm. So in a situation where a client approaches you like that, um, I have to assume there's an element of discernment on, on both, you know, do I want to take this on or what path do I want to take? It's not just the observation, right? Because I can observe for instance, that it's going to rain, but that may not mean that I stay indoors or take an umbrella or, or do all sorts of other 
actions or get a raincoat or what have you. Because there's kind of a lot of options there. Um, what kind of a role does discernment play in this process? It plays a big role because you have to discern whether or not it's worth it, whether or not it's actually just going to take people further off their path or if it's actually going to help them on their path at all. For example, like this lady, um, for her, like I offered, I would help her. The reason why I can discern in her case that I don't see another option for her probably for another 10 to 15 years of another possibility of a love relationship. I also see in her future, she might not last another 15 years. So in discerning the heights and the lows, considering everything that's at play, part of the reason why I can say that is because of the illness that she has. So she has a a really severe illness. So the illness means she doesn't likely have like 15 to 20 years left. That's one. Number two is because she has a severe illness, most people aren't going to give her a chance to begin with. Right off the bat, she's not going to have, most people are going to just write her off. Like they don't, they're not going to want to have a relationship with her. So if she lets go of this person, the likelihood is she'll die before she gets another chance at relationship. He, on the other hand, similar, not exactly the same, but he doesn't have a lot left on his time clock either. So it's kind of like a better for them to have a chance to have love and have some love between now and the end of their life again versus more than likely on either side just dying by themselves. So... You're talking about uh, ways that you think about magic, right? And I'm, you know, let me know when the, the line of questioning needs to change. But uh, we're talking about discernment and we're talking about uh, the ability to observe. And then we're talking about somebody's path, right? I have to assume that knowing their path is also something of a, a divine gift, let me put it that way. Right, so, I mean, altogether we have a lot of things that, that are both us and not us in this yeah so capacities that that we might have when I say us I don't mean me I mean like people capacities we might have and then um, kind of not divine intervention but let's call it spiritual force yeah yeah you gotta take all that which is why I say to people like when we speak of spiritual abilities People very quickly kind of like jump on the path and like start to want to do readings for others. But with readings, you can really fuck somebody up, right? Because with readings, my I used to have to have a saying, it's more important to know what you can't do versus what you can. If you know what you can't do, what you can becomes easily honest. But when you know what you can do, you can believe yourself to be capable of more than what you can. Whereas when you know absolutely what you can't do, you're not going to fall into that trouble. So it's, this is why I tell people it's kind of like important to take time with um, picking someone to do readings for you if you're going to end up trusting the guidance that's coming through. Picking that person carefully. Because they could give you guidance that is not based on true guidance that ends up kind of taking you off your path or ends up causing harm to the other person that's involved in the magical situation. And I've seen this before. I've been a part of it before because in learning you learn, right? Where people get taken off their path from magical intervention. And... That's why it's important that if you're going to go and choose someone to give you guidance and do readings for you, etc., that it's someone that is taking all these things into account and has enough uh, practice skill set to be able to guide you in that area, especially when it comes into the area of relationship. When it comes into the area of certain other magical cases, like let's say court cases, 
you know, you just want to win. In a court case, it doesn't take as much figuring things out. It's basically, you want to win. Whatever your side is, you want to win. And you may have to take into account some of how it will affect people's path. But at the end of the day, generally, if it's going to affect a person negatively, they're not going to likely win anyway. So that doesn't have to be, it's not as deep or not as multi-layered in what you need to look through. Whereas when it comes to like relationships, when it comes to like people's spirituality, those things tend to be multi-layered. When it comes to like people's health, multi-layered. When it comes into like money and finance, those are things where you're trying to help the person set them up for success. So you might be looking out for like, what are the barriers as to why they're not being successful? Maybe it could be a different topic, maybe part three, with the spiritual worker themselves being false or um, I would say maybe manipulation. I don't know. For example, a person reads you and they see you have good things coming or the man is coming to you. So they tell you the opposite or they just really don't help you. So now they like broke your trust etc and then you're like the work is not working or whatever but they never really did it because that spiritual worker themselves let's say they're dealing with <clears throat> issues of envy and jealousy and oh wow you're going to win a million dollars so I'm going to stop that and they can some people they have the power to and they can and then now you're like well you know I trust you and you told me this well it's not because of that well maybe you need to do this maybe you need to do that so I think discernment is a very big part because even when that happens, your spirit will tell you, hey, it's a tug. It's a tug on the spirit, like it's wrong or something. Yeah, so I think that would be a good one, like as a separate part, as far as like dealing with spiritual workers or the different things that spiritual workers could end up doing because you do need to like take some time and discernment in like finding a worker that has basically good character morals and ethics because it's just like like the case in which I told you where really it was the situation was really just to remove some magic and then the relationship went went well right so that was the situation where the spiritual worker that they went to previously I really I find it hard to believe knowing the per- having known of that person and as long and as well known as they are, I kind of find it hard to believe that they didn't know that there was magic involved in the case already. So whether they obviously didn't address it, but it's kind of hard to believe that they didn't at least within the years of working on the case that they didn't see it. How do you um, develop those abilities or um, I guess what? Um, to be able to see all those levels that um, it's needed to, in order for it to be Yeah, so I think the main thing with when it comes to magic, a lot of that, as far as seeing the different levels, comes with apprenticeship. Really apprenticing someone who's doing that type of work, like a lot of love or relationship-based work, in order to see how they go ahead and like see and access the various levels of information. And when... The other thing is that when people are doing certain types of work, if you're th- if we take it into a, into account like how complex relationships can be, usually like in one short session, a person's only going to uncover so many layers. So sometimes it does come up like layer by layer, in which case the worker would be working layer by layer. Does it vary on like 
No. It's about the development of that person's abilities. So that's not dependent upon the spirits. A person, a person, so a person's spirits is one thing and a person's spiritual abilities are another. So the more developed that person they are in their abilities, the more information they can gather from their spirits. The spirits all can access all the information. It's just about how good can that person hear their spirits, how much in detail, how clear is the channel for when the information comes through, it doesn't get distorted. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking, listening to you talk, we had a discussion on the podcast a little while back about genuine empathy. And I would think that would also impact the capacity to to do magical work, like a, a genuine ability to understand. Not, you know, I'm going to pretend this person is me and then feel sorry for myself, but like a genuine capacity for um, compassion on others, which would let you say, no, I'm not going to take this case because it would it would take you off your path or no I'm not going to do this action even though I might need the money because it's going to take you off your path so that and also a genuine empathy and compassion for what I tend to call the victim so what I mean is if person A who's coming to you for magic wants work done on person B you're not only having empathy and compassion for person A who came to you but also for person B, who you don't know for at all, who basically is the victim, is the proposed target of your magical work. You have to have enough empathy and compassion for that person to be like, actually, this. if we do this, it's going to take that person off their path, and it's not going to be any good for them either, or even it might be okay for you, but it won't be good for them, so I'm not going to do it, even though this person is who you came to me to do the work on. Then that would go hand in hand with your capacity to observe the situation which impacts your ability to do effective work. Absolutely. So if you can't observe the situation and you have no empathy for, um, no genuine empathy or compassion for the situation, you're not going to be all that effective, no? No, you're not going to be very effective. And that's why I say to people like, the easiest one of the easiest things right away to tell you don't work don't do a work for someone is if you don't even like the person right there we can't we got to stop before we even move any further so if like you don't even like the person it's going to be hard for you to have true empathy for the person so one of the stopping blocks is right away i tell like people who are doing spiritual work like if right away you meet the person and you don't like them and immediately you're already having a friction towards them energetically, then don't take on the case because you're not going to be able to have true empathy or compassion for them as you're doing the work. So you're not going to be very effective. Or be able to see clear mm -mm. Too, right off the bat. Right off the bat, you're already going to have judgments either for them or against them. Same, like, if you feel too sorry for somebody, you don't take the work right off the bat. Why? Because, again, you're not going to be able to see clearly because you're not going, you're going to be feeling too sorry for them. So instead of coming without judgment, you're coming from the position of pity for them. And then you start to, you know, maybe even think like your client is like poor, unfortunate soul. When in reality, your client may be the abuser. Yeah. That happens. Um, is, go ahead. Um, I think that goes back to, like, your skill as the medium, too, right? If, you know, you can see. But can any human ever? I mean, I know we practice, like, all these things to be as clear as possible. But isn't that where it comes from the spirit, too? Because really only the spirits know like what's actually at play or going on like, well that's where you have to have like a really deep 
bond and strength, strong relationship with your spirit and be willing to follow the spirit, even though it might not make you look good. So, like, I've had pl- people come in and I'll be like, yeah, I can't do the work. And they'll be like, oh, you're not powerful enough. It'll be like, no, it's actually the work is just either A, not doable or B, not good for you. And they'll be like, oh, so you're saying you're not powerful enough? Yeah, if that's what you mean, that's fine with me, then I'm not powerful enough. But I've seen other people where the moment the person is like, oh, so that means you're not powerful enough? They're like, oh, no, yeah, actually, I can do something. I, actually, it's just like we have to do something even stronger, or this or this or that. So right there, it hit the worker's ego instead of that person being like, eh, actually, it doesn't matter whether you think I'm not powerful enough. and I'm not doing it. And you might go around to other people and be like, yeah, I went to so-and-so and they weren't powerful enough to help me. But you have to be able to like not be concerned with that in order to be honest with the work. Because the other person, just like with the love spell for the, um, <clears throat> the one I told you guys about, she went to other people, they took her money because he's still not there. Because off the original good practitioner that didn't take her money, told her the truth, but he wasn't good enough because it wasn't what she wanted to hear. Yeah, no, I had that happen before. One time I had a lady, she came and I told her, yeah, like, it can't be done. She was like, it can't be done or you're not powerful enough. I was like, it can't be done. Well, I just think you just can't do it. Okay, that's fine. Then I can't do it. So then two years later, like, I hear back from her. And she tells me, she's, like, crying on the phone that all these people scammed her. And at that time, I was, like, maybe a little less polite. So I just started laughing and laughing on the phone. And so she got really upset and hung up with the phone. So then... I just moved on with my life, and then she called me back. She was like, you didn't call me back? I was like, of course not. And, yeah, and then, so then she told me, like, you're not even having any sympathy or empathy for me that, you know, I just got taken advantage of, etc. And I was like, I can't have any, because I told you it can't be done. You decided that what I was saying was I couldn't do it, when what I was telling you is it can't be done. You decided it could be done, so to me, you didn't get scammed. You went ahead and gave away your money to work on something you knew wasn't fixable. Can we talk about the energetic supply spring too? Because I feel like that probably ends up being a blocker sometimes. Like the energy they approach you with, it has to be something you compensate for or, or have issues with. So if somebody approaches you like truly strongly convicted of something, wouldn't that impact what you do with them or what you can do with them? Yeah, and that's part of the discernment, right? If someone comes in really strongly convicted of something, then you may not be able to do something for them, or you may be able to, but you may not be able to do to whatever their conviction is. So, so it's all about that discernment and looking at layers, right? So I'll give you an example. Like if someone is strongly com- has the conviction like that me and this guy are meant to be together, you see, like actually I could get the two of you guys like in communication. I could get the two of you guys like becoming friends. Okay. But not quite together. But not quite together. If you work for that person, you think that you're working for their strong friendship. In her mind, she says you're working to get them back together. So then when they don't get back together, they say your work didn't work, even though they ended up with a strong friendship. So even though you try to tell her, like, yeah, you're not going to be a thing, no matter what you say, (laughs) they're not going to be able to hear that. So... Their convictions are going to be a block. Just like you have certain people, they'll go around and they'll like know they have a negative spirit with them. But they have the conviction that no one ever will be able to remove it from them. So they already come in, blocked up, holding on to the spirit. So when you try to remove the spirit... 
what happens it becomes a tug of war where you're trying to like rip it off of them and they're trying to hold on to it and you're trying to rip it off and they're trying to hold on to it and then that's where the discernment comes in with with like i can't begin with this person right away with the spirit removal i need to do other steps to lead up to removing the spirit the spirit is too way implanted and lodged in that this person has like an, a strong attachment to it so if i come in and i try to rip it off they're gonna fight with me and they're gonna run to wherever i threw it away and come looking for it and throw it back on themselves so you have to be able to be like yeah i'm not gonna be able to do it that way so i can do things this way instead where i can chip things down to the point where i can have that person drop the attachment we know someone like that yeah and then she got mad at me she spoke to papa but then she got mad at me i explained it even deeper to her because she thought she was speaking to <clears throat> i don't know one of the spirits and i told her that's a trickster spirit you have you know tricksters around you well everything else i say that is good in alignment with what she thinks by telling her she's like i don't care this is what i saw i'm like okay i understand that but you know it's wrong it's not right but she is a person that is really hard to work for her because she has her convictions no matter what you say no matter what you say and she is going to you know papa knows more than me he spoke to her first then she gets mad at me but guess what she left us alone she doesn't talk to me right now she went to someone else because they told her what she wanted to hear. But is her problem fixed? No. Nor can they fix her problem. But they told her a part of what she wanted to hear. So that's great for her. So she's still mad at me. Yeah, no. <laughs> and when someone is that strongly convinced, it doesn't matter. Like, if someone's convinced, like, they're just, like, the most cursed person in the world... And nothing will ever go right for them, no it's matter what, etc. Even yeah, yeah, even when things go good, they're gonna like not a, be able to really fully accept that and look for how to make that a mess or a drama, right? So, but is that because the person is miserable? The person, is, <clears throat> the person themselves is miserable. If they find a negative instead of a positive out of all situations, it's always drama. Always yeah, bad. it is that they're miserable, but also they're unhelpable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, because they like being stuck in the misery. Yeah, and like they have a saying about some people are like uncoachable, unteachable, untrainable. It's some people that are unhelpable, like in spiritual work, like. I have this lady, right? The reason why she has, like, can't have a good love relationship is because of the craziness of her relationship with her father. She knows that. She can acknowledge that. But then turns around and, like, a month later, be like, why can't I have any good relationships with men? Is it because I'm cursed? We're like, no, it's not a curse. That's why you've gone to thousands of people to remove the curse and nothing has changed for you. It's because it's not a curse situation. It's a trauma situation that has to be resolved first. Within self. Within self. Yeah, I can see that. Uh-huh. I can see that, etc. Three months later, why can't I get any, any good luck with men? Am I cursed? So this person has a conviction that they are cursed and that someone cursed them a long time ago. No matter what you say, it's because they're cursed. I saw someone like that and I told her like, she's like, oh my gosh, he's terrible. Every guy I meet breaks my heart. But <clears throat> the guys that you meet, like, hello, <laughs> you're not taking into accountability the other part. Or I have, we have this one lady and I've worked with her for 30 years. Okay. And I told her this 30 years ago. She couldn't keep a guy longer than three months. Right. So I told her 30 years ago, in order for you to have the type of love relationship you're looking for, you need to be initiated. When you get initiated, then things will unravel for you so that you can have the relationship. Her response is, 
I can't have a commitment to us to the spirits before I have my commitment with my man. Okay? I say you won't have any man to have a commitment with until you make a commitment to the spirits. She's like, well, what can we do? I'm like, what I can do for you is we can do something and you'll be able to have a guy for about a year. But after about a year or so, every time they're going to break up with you, we're going to be back at square one. Sometimes we'll be able to get him back. Sometimes we won't. But that's because it's spirits, right? But it's because you need to be initiated. The spirits that you have aren't going to let you have any permanent partner until you get initiated. Her response is, well, I can't do that because what if the guy that I end up with doesn't like the spiritual practice I have? I'm like, you're not going to end up with him. That's first and foremost. Like, You get no man. You get no man, right? She's like, you know, everybody doesn't agree with the spirits. I understand. Whoever it is that you're going to have to deal with on a permanent basis is going to have to understand this part of your who you are, etc. too. Otherwise, it's not going to work out. She's like, yeah, I can't do it until I have a guy to commit to. So that's why it's never going to work out for you. Because the, guy, the spirits already know that... Know that whether or not, even if you get a guy, if you think he's your permanent guy, you're going to throw out the spirits if he doesn't get along with it. Yeah, if he doesn't get along with it. So they already know that. So why are they ever going to let you get a guy? It's never going to happen. Because whether or not you get initiated, you're making it conditional upon the guy. So pretty much... Those are just some barriers since we're coming to time here to brujeria and doing brujeria specifically for relationships and to specific individuals. When you're doing this type of work, it's definitely not Disney World. We're not waving a magic wand and immediately everybody just loves you, you know. Those are definitely some barriers to brujeria. This is part two, brujeria part two. We're probably going to need a part two, three, four, five, six, because, you know, this is a very large topic. As always, you can subscribe Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor.fm, or your favorite podcast app. You can donate Cash App, Cash Symbol, Hector Salva. We'll speak soon. Until next time, ta-ta for now.